Okay, we're just going to get started. Alrighty, so first we should probably say what this is about. Okay, well this is a rewatch podcast for the show Friends. Which and for was... me it's a watch for the first time. Yes, for Jacob it's a watch podcast. For me, Abby, this is a rewatch many, 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 many times over. I'm a Friends super fan. I love it. I've read the books. Jacob, how do you feel about Friends? It's not funny. That's actually one of my notes. It just says not, not funny. funny. Okay. And I think yeah. it is very funny. I think it's, oh, just to give, be very blatantly honest, I think it's problematic in some places, especially in this new context, uh, politically and socially. And the fact that they're all skinny, I know we're all supposed to be cranky about that. I was never really that concerned. And besides that, I think it's just a good solid show. It's a good piece of writing. It's really funny and it holds a special place in my heart. So we are calling this podcast Friends and Enemies of Friends. Yeah. Yes, I'm obviously Team Friends. And I'm enemies. Yes, we're hoping to maybe, uh, seeing as this is Jacob's first time watching it all the way through, by the end of it, maybe he'll be a friend. We'll see. <laughs> this is, you're kind of like Shane to my Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you believe in friends? No. no friends aren't real. <laughs> so for this first episode, we are going to um, just do a rewatch. We're going we're gonna to dive in, unpack, take apart this first episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, one of the things you may not know about Friends, Jacob, is that each episode is just called The One With... And then it describes, because we always talk about TV that way. Like, oh, that was the one with the, uh, the aunt that comes visiting. Oh, that's oh. the one with the dog. And so every one of them has the one with or the one when. Uh, and this is the only episode that doesn't have that title. It's just called Pilot. Yeah, I think that makes sense because it's the pilot. It is. So let's just talk about what happens kind of an overview in this pilot. So uh, the friends are kind of introduced to us. Yeah. Yeah, and we find out that Ross and... Um, Monica, our brother and sister, yeah. we find out that uh, Rachel has left her wedding She is and left a very privileged life and a privileged future uh, and is now going to live with Monica yeah. in New York City. And the whole, like, she just got out of that marriage and that was, she was about to get married. Married, yes. But then she was like, no, yes. I like this gravy boat more than you. Exactly, and we'll get to all of that. Yeah. And Ross has recently also suffered a breakup that he was married for four years. His wife realized that she was a lesbian, left him for a woman, and now he's just very morbidly depressed. And, um, oh, and Monica goes on a date with the wine guy and kind of gets duped into sleeping with him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the long and short of it. And it kind of just establishes and, and where and these characters the end, are. Ross and a, a, another one of the friends uh, end up, like, about to go on a date and they seem to went to school together. Yes, Ross and Rachel, those of you who are friends... And not enemies of friends. We'll know where all of that is going, how significant it is. But for right now, in the beginning, all we know is there are a couple of kids who went to school together and maybe might at some point go out. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll I, have hope. I have hope for them. So <laughs> let's start at the very beginning with the opening title sequence. So the very opening title sequence is all of the friends just playing around in a big old fountain. And they're all wearing white shirts and black yeah and that's that's one that like no one told me life was gonna, gonna be, be this way, way. that's yes. like the one of the only things i remember <laughs> from like the one time i watched this show well i've got a couple of notes a couple of fun facts about this opening title sequence uh the pilot episode is the only one where you see just them dancing the fountain basically the title sequence as intended in its entirety because what the network said was like we don't like that we feel like 
they are too cool. Like, we're the cool kids who dance in a wow. fountain. And you aren't, and you can't play with us. Have you seen where they live? They're, they're like, <laughs> flexing on us with their immense wealth. With, and, they, um, and they literally flex at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so you agree with the network that they shouldn't have that big... F- no, I think they should. Just kind of embrace them. Because, like, like I, I hear the biggest mystery is how they afford all that. Like... There are no jobs. Like, most of them are unemployed. Oh, no, they go over that. They all have jobs except for Rachel by the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. And then she ends up being a waitress. But I agree, they don't really seem to go to work very often. Now, what are these jobs? Well, we'll get to that. We're still in the title sequence. Ah. Yeah, so. um, Another fun fact to know and tell. Oh, so what the network wanted was for them to do like pull scenes like so basically just a little montage of all the different scenes yeah so they ended up compromising so you'll see in other episodes uh the beginning they'll do some dancing but then there'll be little shots from them doing stuff and being kooky ah all right yes uh the this uh the theme song was actually an original song written by the rembrandts and it was a collaboration with the show writers and with the band and it actually became a hit song we could just hear on the radio which was really cool so we open up the show. We're in the coffee shop. Yes. Which is called Central Perk. And Chandler, oh, Monica is talking about how she has a date, and all the guys are giving her a hard time about this date that she has. Yeah, um, this brings me to one of my main notes. Like, I, I have girl with, like, S in brackets, because it seems like girls is bad at date. Uh, they and they blame themselves. But it's true. We, but later we see like I did the same with boys, but they blame the women. That is very interesting because they very much are negging her because hmm. she's saying they're saying there must be something wrong with him. She's him. He's going out with you. Yeah, but but like later when we see like Ross all like ah she broke up with me I'm so sad they're mm. like don't worry there she you're really nice we're, we're I'm sure people will. Someone will, you'll find the the right gal for you. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So that's a little bit weird. Uh, and then uh, Phoebe says something like, does he eat chalk? I just don't want you to go through what I went through with Carl. Yeah, what happened, happened with, with Carl? Carl? <laughs> <laughs> and why was eating chalk part of it? I don't know. Was that like the main thing or that, or was it like a series of... And what, um, what does eating chalk indicate? Well, I guess maybe like a low iron... No, no, I think he, I might have been like a My Strange Addiction, just, he liked eating chalk. That sounds like a lot to go through. Yeah. And then Chandler starts talking about a dream he had where he was naked, and then there, were, there was a phone, quote unquote, down there. And what's funny is this is very much pre-cell phone, so the idea that his, <laughs> uh, his male member had been replaced by a phone mm-hmm. is even more surreal than those of us who walk around with phones in our pants, so that's all. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, there's kind of a time lapse like it kind of cuts so you can see that they've just been hanging out at the coffee shop all day and it just kind of goes into these weird little conversations that they have uh, and then suddenly Ross shows up that's the only friend I know is Ross I have literally no idea who these other people are <laughs> well describe them to me and I will tell you their names and that way uh, as you're talking about them we can make sure to know who you're talking about um, so uh, I should have made you a cheat sheet. I you really should have. This is <laughs> okay. He is okay. That's he's, Joey. He's bad. You I think Joey's like, bad? He's ba- he's bad at the dates. Mm. He's good at the dates, but he's also bad at like 
being in a relationship. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, uh, which one am I going out with again? Those like Rachel, yes, Bob, Bill. Oh, here's a fun fact to know and tell. Uh, the writers originally thought when they were conceiving of the show before they'd even written a draft that the main love story was going to be between Joey and Monica. Yes, but once they saw the chemistry and the story started coming together, but that would have been a very, very different show. They kind of thought, well, she's bad at relationships. He's really attractive. That would kind of make sense. But but no, that's not what happened. Um, okay. Oh, what's Phoebe doing with the Oh, yes. Phoebe has a napkin for like most of that first scene and she and it's like a paper napkin and she's just kind of like picking it up and floating it down and and like uh, taking the corners and folding them in and folding them back under. I'm like, what? Is she supposed to look like she's crafting? It just looks weird. I f- I feel like it's like uh like um like me I'm like a kinetic learner. Mm-hmm. We took a test and uh something at school. The bark yeah, I guess. Yeah. And you gotta, like, mess with things and all that to take in some info. So I guess she, maybe she was doing something like that. Maybe maybe Phoebe is a kinesthetic learner. That makes perfect sense. It's revealed uh, that Ross's now soon-to-be ex-wife is a lesbian. And this gets laughs because it was the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> and life funny. goes on. It gets revealed that Monica and Ross are siblings. Uh, Joey suggests that the, the, the best way to get over a breakup is to go to strip joints. This is what we were talking about earlier. You're not a huge fan of Joey. <laughs> and then, oh, and then the, the classic line, Ross just says, oh, I just want to get married again. And in comes Rachel soaking wet in a wedding dress. Yes. Yes. And- this is when I... I had originally, when she was talking about, like, oh, man, oh, shucks, I, I, I got a date, this is surprising, I originally had girl is is bad at date, mm-hmm. uh, but then I saw, she walked in and I was like, okay, and then I had to, I tried adding the S, but I couldn't, so. Oh, I see. So I just kind of, you, if you can see on my paper, I scribbled <laughs> it out, and on top I put girls. So your feeling is that, okay, so we've already established Monica's bad at dating, but now also Rachel's bad at even getting married. Like, all women on the show are just terrible at dating. Yes. Okay, I think that's a really good observation. Okay, uh, and then she, so she's talking about um, what she's just gone through, and they're like, oh, well, should we wait for four wet bridesmaids? And here's my question. Ross comes in wet with an umbrella. She comes in soaking wet. It is not raining outside. It's not. <laughs> Where Did they both just spontaneously and separately jump into fountains with their clothes on? Is, are they just well, come from the, the... they filmed that right after <laughs> they filmed the title sequence. Yes. They're like, they have no time. No, we'll she, give you an umbrella. She, we'll write it. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. No, no. They were just really sad about the wedding, so they were crying. They were crying so much that their bodies got wet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And if you hear another voice interjecting, that's Emily. She's here as our test audience, but sometimes she will also be speaking, and that's okay, too. No, you're not allowed to speak. Uh, So uh, she's talking about why she was walked out on her wedding. And she said that she was sitting there looking at this gravy boat and was more attracted to the gravy boat than she was to her husband. And she realized that he looks like Mr. Potato Head. And so 
that happens, it's revealed that she and Monica were friends back in high school. They've grown apart. And that kind of made sense to me. There are people you're really close with in high school that you could probably call up 10 years later and ask for a favor. But you also wouldn't necessarily invite them to your wedding. Yeah. So I I got all of that. But then uh, I think Monica, the, 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 the not married Oh, person, yes. Yes. I, I think she was, like, mad about this, like... That makes no sense. But still, this this diner, do they is this gonna be a theme throughout the whole show that okay. Yes, they are always at Central Perk, which is the name of the coffee shop. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is something I probably should ask you before we get too far into it. Do you want no spoilers? No spoilers. Okay. How about uh and we'll just amend that if you ask me a direct question, I'll always answer it. Alright. Okay, unless I think it's gonna reveal too much. Yeah. Okay, that's a deal. Okay, so we're on to the next scene where we find the gang kind of sitting around hanging out in the apartment watching a television novella. And they seem to be really enjoying themselves and they're kind of trying to figure out what the characters are saying and they're making fun of it and they're making jokes. It's like, ha ha ha, I don't know the language, funny. (laughs) Telenovelas tend to be very over the top, very dramatic, very silly. And this is also, again, for listeners that are younger than I am, this was back in the time that maybe you got four or five channels and that whatever was on was just on. So this might have been like this or an infomercial or like the church network. And that may have been all they got to choose from. Frankly, the church network sounds pretty <laughs> exciting. So this is them kind of just making fun of things and hanging out. Now, I noticed that they were all drinking like a... Uh, soda pop. Yes, I have this written down too. This... They're all drinking Mellow Yellow. Now, is this product placement or do they just like Mellow Yellow? I don't know. I don't know if, no, if this might have been a characterization. Like, you know how young people are. They're always drinking Mellow Yellow. You know me. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm drinking Mellow I got one of those hats that you put the bottles <laughs> yes. in. And... Be like, are you feeling mellow? Well, well I'm, I'm feeling yellow. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know. But the point they, they are chanting, pusher down the stairs push her down the stairs because what's happening on the telenovela and i was just listening to another podcast about the staircase and i thought that was funny okay now in the meantime while they're doing this rachel's in the kitchen having a complete meltdown and talking to her father on the phone and trying to explain why it is that she has left her wedding and she's saying it's like my whole life everyone kept saying you're a shoe you're a shoe you're a shoe and now I don't want to be a shoe. I might want to be a hat or a purse. Like, she's speaking only in, like, shopping and clothing metaphors, but she's, like, declaring herself. And I think Like, I am a hat, not a shoe. Like, I'm going to define it. Like, I don't even know what I am yet, but I get to define it. So I think this really helps uh, maybe balance the misogyny in this episode yeah. a little bit. It's but like it's she's taking control of her life. It's not that she's not good at marriage. It's that she has bucked the traditional path that was set out for her, uh, the path of comfort and leisure. And she's going to do something difficult, something she doesn't even understand that she's done yet. But yeah. the feeling is so overwhelming that she's done a very dramatic, very permanent thing and isn't backing down. I mean, that's where we really have to give Rachel some props. She says, you know, I'm going to stay here with Monica. Now, should she have asked Monica first? Yes, of course. But she's yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm out and I'm really out. I'm so out. I'm going to find a new place to live. Boom. Yeah. Yes. And then Phoebe tries to sing the song, My Favorite Things, but doesn't really know the words, which yeah. is really endearing. She's like, something with mittens and, and something with kittens. These are some of my then she gets cut off. Yes. Now, 
I just have a note that says punk rock question mark, so I'm not sure what I was thinking there. It's definitely, my favorite things is definitely not punk rock. At least not that version. Maybe there is one. Yeah, I just want to get that out of the way. It just says punk rock. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Joey hits on Rachel, and this is actually because I've read the book. I can tell you that the character of Joey in a lot of the scripts was really like kind of handsy and would hit on the women and the actor worked really hard to change his character so that he was like their older brother. Okay. He's like, I, I'm just going to become like the creepy guy after a while. Like, this is not an attractive look. These are women that are friends of mine. I'm not going to be like this with my women friends. And so he's, he advocated for himself, especially with yeah. the writers. Like, no, no, this is, these are the only women that Joey doesn't hit on for better or worse. Yeah. Um, frankly, so far, Joey's my least favorite character. Okay. Now, is there, like, a mnemonic device to remember who these people are? It'll just come to you after a while. To me, they, their, char- their faces and their names are interchange. Like, they're just, they're cemented. It's like not knowing what the word for milk is. When I look at card of milk, I just think milk. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's Monica, Chandler, Rachel, Ross, Phoebe, and Joey. That's how they are on the box. Yeah, so whatever you gotta do there, kiddo. I have no idea. I guess I'll just kind of catch on. I mean, Chandler Bing has a weird funny name, and he's the (laughs) weirdest funniest character. Yeah. Okay, Chandler Bing. Yeah, there's Phoebe Buffet, and that actually sounds like a fancy girl name, and she was homeless as a teenager, as we're gonna find out. And she's just, is she the one that's like singing the songs? Yeah. I think that might have been when I wrote punk rock. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that too. And then Joey Tribbiani, he's really Italian, so that's an Italian name. And then Monica and Ross Geller, because they're brother and sister. All right. That's something. I don't know. Um, okay, so Paul the wine guy is finally arriving. This is who Monica has the date with, and she's very excited. And this is where Joey's main joke of the episode of just like, hey, I didn't catch your name. Oh, that was actually Chandler's main joke. Ah, say Paul? Oh, uh, <laughs> a lot big joke. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Phoebe's like, oh, Paul, the wine guy. She says, does he sell it, drink it, or just complain a lot? I uh-huh. thought that, that was really funny. And it d- no one answers her, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming because Monica's a chef that he supplies the wine for the restaurant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just guess. No one knows. He just has the title Paul, the wine guy. Okay. And just like he has, he, he, he doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. He doesn't supply wine people are just so too scared to ask because it's just like he's the wine guy he's paul the wine guy funny thing is it's actually his last name Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it's spelled t-e-w-a-n-e-g-a-e paul the wine guy like big headed exactly uh so while paul the wine guy is arriving and being awkwardly left with this woman's you know apartment full of friends uh, Ross makes really awkward conversation with Rachel in the kitchen. He's like, so what are you doing tonight? She goes, well, I was supposed to be on my honeymoon. He's like, oh, oh yeah, right. And he invites her even more awkwardly to help her put together his furniture. Uh, and Phoebe is also asked to help. And she says, I wish I could, but I don't want to, which is, I'm going to yeah. start saying that now. <laughs> I think we, as well, we make too many excuses and Phoebe does not make a single one. She's like, I don't want to, therefore I'm not going to. You go, girl. Mm-mm-mm. Now, how did they end up in this strange predicament of just them living in this apartment? An the, the apartment? It gets explained a little bit more, but basically, Monica and Rachel are going to live there together as roommates. Monica explains at one point in a future episode that this is her grandmother's rent-controlled apartment. 
and rent control means, and this is just a little tiny rabbit hole, in New York City at some point, I think in the 70s, they decided just to freeze rent rentals, uh, rates, uh, rental costs on certain apartments. I don't know how they chose them. I would have to do some research on this, but it just meant that there are these magical apartments that if somebody dies and you are able to get in there, you can rent an apartment in New York City for like $300 a month instead of like $3,000 a month because they're still on the 1970s prices. Okay, so that's why how they're be able to afford this apartment. Yes, yes. And then Rachel and Joey actually live across the hall in a much smaller apartment in like almost like a studio. And then uh, Phoebe lives elsewhere. In the city, somewhere she yeah. lives with her grandmother a lot. So, and then Ross yeah, is Ross is living in grandmother house. And Ross is a paleontologist. He has like a job job. Wow. And yeah, so he's able to afford all. I mean, and you know, uh, Courtney Cox, Monica, she's a chef. I mean, there, there, there are varying degrees of incomes, but they all do work and they have professions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you were talking about Phoebe singing on the subway. I think that's your punk rock question mark. Yeah. So Phoebe sings on the subway. It's a weird little scene because yeah. nothing happens except she's just standing there kind of whale singing at everybody. I guess it's just to kind of show like she she's not making much money. Yeah. And she's just in the subway. And they talked about this in the commentary. It turns out they didn't include it in the original pilot. And in fact, the noise on it was so bad with all the extras. They had to have her come back and re-record it five years later for the box set. Because they wanted to put the scene back in. Because you were saying last night when we were watching it, we were like, are these episodes an hour? Because it was going on and on and on. Well, it turns out it was actually eight minutes longer than the network needed it to be for broadcast. So the one we watched was almost a third as long. So, yeah, we got a lot of extra content. And Phoebe singing on the subway was part of that. It was very boring and completely unnecessary. So... There you go. Okay, so now we get to this weird uh, back and forth scene that we're going to go to. And this is one that, uh, where I get to place a fun fact, uh, which is that the idea of this, the whole concept of the show was that time in your 20s when your friends are your family. And they, they were driving one night, the creators of the show, and they drove past this place called Insomnia Cafe, which was, and she's like, oh, I like that caffeinated feel. And they decided they wanted to set this in a coffee shop for the most part and give the whole show a caffeinated feel. There wasn't just going to be an A story and a B story. There were going to be six characters and everyone was going to have stuff going on. So we were going to be jumping around and a lot of conversation and people going and coming and zip, 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 zip. And we're just going to trust the audience could keep up. I so, think we have an insomnia cookie around here. We do have an insomnia cookie. And I, I think one of the original drafts of this pilot, they wanted to call the show Insomnia Cafe. So that would have been weird. That yes. would have been like kind of a cool name. I kind of uh, like that. It, it sounds spooky. <laughs> yeah, like sounds uh, enchanted. Like, now I have a big question. Okay. Oh, I think I might have just got my, my the friends. Are each of them, is that one of the, what is that? It looks like a, an acronym. Oh, you're saying one of them starts with an F, one of them starts with an R? No, unfortunately not. What does it stand for? It doesn't. I don't know why there's dots in between each letter. I think that was just the aesthetic of the time. Huh. Honestly, a lot of like bands and logos had this, and I'm just realizing it now. Like a lot of like, if you wanted to look kind of edgy, you had dots in between the letters. I don't know why. That we showed were... that you were different. Yeah, they'd be like, I'm edgy. I don't just stop I at put letters. Dots in between my letters. <laughs> I put shapes in my words. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were so basic. I what do you mean? I put leather. Letters in my math, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so we're so this whole back and forth scene, getting back to it, Ross and the guys are putting together furniture 
but Monica's on a date and Rachel is call back in the apartment by herself and it, we kind of get a flip back and forth. So we're going to both us we're also going to flip back and forth as we talk about this cuz it, it's going to go back and forth. All right. So this is that caffeinated feel they were looking for. So Ross and the and Chandler and Joey are all together at Ross's apartment. The wife has moved out and taken all the furniture and they're trying to put together like new IKEA furniture. Now this is where I got the one laugh. Okay, what was the one laugh? Uh when I was like ah, ha, ha. It is hard to build the furniture. That is funny. Just the idea that furniture building is hard was a funny idea. It was. It was funny because of that. <laughs> was now, there like some physical comedy or did no? Them... No, it was just. You're like, like ha, ha, yeah. They were like, ah, this is so difficult, and then they accidentally smashed it all over the hammer, and it was like that only took me an hour to make. And, and then was, we. It was funny. We also get a really cringy lesbian joke, and I will just say this: it could have been much, much worse. Oh, that's good. It doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it right. But for the 90s, uh, making gay jokes was not considered to be offensive unless it was cruel or used like slurs, but just kind of gentle jokes about being a lesbian. Just like, ha ha, girl, like girl. Yeah, because Ross comes out with a beer. He goes, this was Carol's favorite beer. She always drank it from a can. I don't know why I didn't know. It's like, oh, oh, it's so cringy. It's not something bad. It's something terrible. It's like, oh, God, it's sort of, I don't know. It bugs me, but it was one of those things that it was okay to joke about then and not now. Uh, so we're on Monica's date. He's telling her about how his wife cheated on him and how he broke her watch. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back and there's Rachel. She's calling Barry and leaving a voicemail. She's actually leaving answering machine messages, which I think I just want to take a moment and establish why that difference is important. If I am not around somebody and it's 1990 and I call them and I do not hear their live voice on the other end when they pick up the phone, it is because they are not home. They've left their machine on. Now they may be home and ducking my message, but I just, I would have to kind of guess that if right now I'm not with somebody and I call them and they don't pick up, that matters because they have their phone with them. And if they're letting it go to voicemail, I know they're ignoring me. So I think a younger audience might assume that Barry is trying to ignore Rachel, but he may just be like at the reception hall. He may be out with his friends. He may just not be home. So I'm going to get another soda real quick. Okay. I'll just keep on going. We're, so then we're back in Ross's apartment and we're, where they just have like kind of a big conversation about how Chandler and Joey are not in relationships. They've never really been in a relationship. Ross is the only one. And during all this conversation, it's established that Ross is 26. He was married for four years, which means that he was 22 when he got married. So he hasn't really had a chance to be kind of an adult guy out in the world. He's yeah. gone immediately from his parents' house to his wife's house, which was actually Rachel's plan that she's now deviated from. So they're both now suddenly in the unknown when they thought they had a very secure future. Yeah. Um, then Joey compares women to ice cream. <laughs> and he says, oh, there's all different kinds. You can't just have one woman. You got to have Rocky Road. You got to have vanilla strawberry. You know, women are objects. He, Am I right? He's like, oh, grab a spoon, grab a spoon. So that becomes a metaphor. Then we're back at the restaurant with Rachel and Paul, the wine guy. And he reveals to her, and what for some reason constitutes a spit take, that he hasn't had sex in two years because after his wife left him, he just found it to be impossible. And he dangles the promise of a fifth date in front of her. And we get a feeling that maybe that two-year streak is about to end. 
Uh, so now we go to Rachel is at the apartment by herself. She's watching Joni loves Chachi finale where Joni and Chachi get married. Chachi, of course, is played by Scott Baio, who is a human piece of garbage in a suit these days. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that. He's a terrible, terrible person. Okay. Yes. And she's just sitting there clutching her wedding dress. I mean, Joni and Chachi, they were kind of the uh, the it couple on television. Everyone, like, they they were on Happy Days together. They got their own spinoff. Then they get married. And so they go from being, like, these pre-teenagers to getting married as adults. And so everyone was really into that back in the day. Now... Um, I believe either the last scene with Ross, it, it was, music. Music, okay. There's, this is musical show? I did not expect there to be songs in here. Who sang a song? There was a song in here. I can't remember who, but it was like Ross and another person. We're singing a song? There was a song. There was music. I, I remember because I have three exclamation marks. Like, music! Music! <laughs> okay. Kind of in, like, a surprised way. That okay. Was... I, I don't doubt you. I just don't remember it. Um, we're now in the next scene. We're back in the apartment. The furniture is a mess. They haven't really put anything at all together. Chandler's just laying on the floor drinking a beer. And Ross is just, like, miserably saying... Even if I do get it together to ask somebody out, who would I even ask? Like, who? I don't know. You're a city of, like, eight gazillion people. I guess nobody. because Because Tinder has not been invented. But then it very gracefully kind of romantic movie pans to Rachel also sitting alone by the window. And there's all this there's foreshadowing. No That's when it happened. Oh, is that the music? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was like, oh, la, la. The, so sad. And the music. Yes, you're right. It's very, very musical. Uh, so now it is now the next morning, and Joey and Chandler are over at Monica's apartment. Uh, Monica is not there, but Rachel is running around in her little uh, bathrobe with her messy hair bend, just looking adorable. Mm-hmm. And she's making coffee, and she's like, I've never made coffee before. They're like, oh, it's weird. She goes, if I can make coffee, I can do anything. And then they take a sip of the coffee, and it's horrible, and they dump it in the plant. They do. And I don't know how you mess up coffee. I really don't. And I'm somebody who doesn't drink or make coffee, but Maybe I think I could do it. Maybe they just had, they forgot to take, put, do the coffee ground removing, and those just... <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was just, like, hot water and coffee grounds. Monica wakes up, and then it's like, oh, great, it's Lenny and Squiggy. Which, again, younger audiences are not going to get. Yeah, me, yeah. I didn't catch that. It's from the show uh, Laverne and Shirley, about these two single women in working class Pittsburgh... <laughs> who work at a bottling factory and these two guys live across the hall from them and they're they're called Bunny and Squiggy and they're really goofy and annoying and not at all sexy. So she's just basically saying these these are guys who hang at my apartment that I would never date and I don't want anything to do with but they are funny. Like Ross and I got it Chandler. Well, Chandler and Joey in this situation. Okay. Okay. So then it's revealed that Paul stayed over. I guess the two-year streak is up. And he's like gushing. I feel like it's my birthday, my graduation, everything at once. You're amazing. And apparently this was all a very controversial yeah. storyline. Uh, is... The network was not in favor of this because they thought it would make people think negatively about Monica because she's having sex with a guy on the first date. 
But in the commentary, they're like, well, actually, the audience kind of schooled the network about modern morality. It's like it's not a big deal at all. This does not mean that we think anything differently about Monica. This is just something that happened. Okay, I feel like I cut you off, but now you've got a mouthful of snack, mountain mix. So I'll wait. Uh, and in the midst of all of that, everyone's kind of getting ready for work. Everyone's milling around. And Rachel's really surprised. She's like, oh my god, do you guys all have jobs? Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets revealed what everyone does. Uh, Chandler probably works in some kind of data entry. He goes, if those numbers don't input themselves, no one will care. <laughs> and I definitely identify with that. There are days I'm like, if I didn't go to work today, nothing would be different. <laughs> and yet, here I go. Uh, Joey is an actor, and there's this kind of exchange where it's explained that he was in this production of Pinocchio, which Chandler finds to be very funny and does this little funny dance. And my theory is that Chandler enjoys having Joey around so much that he just covers a lot of his bills for him a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in exchange, he gets to kind of make fun of him <laughs> and just kind of be kind of a, a foil. And she, Monica, of course, is like over the moon. She has saved this guy's life. Uh, he is now awoken. They have this special connection. She yeah. is just so, but so happy. But she's at work. Yes, that's the next, that's the next scene. And Monica one of work. her... Co-workers, it's like, hey, you went on a date with Paul the Wine Guy. I also did that. Yes, but she's kind of like, oh, I take credit for Paul the Wine Guy. He couldn't even have sex for two years until I got a hold of him. And clearly she didn't see it as like this big emotional connection. But Monica did, and he let her think that. And that yeah. so makes it really awful. Yeah, so this is like, oh. Yeah. And this leads to the end of the thing, which we'll get to. Yes, the next scene is it just does a quick cut to the coffee shop where Joey's laughing at her. Of course it was a line, but I'm like, can't we just take people at their word? Is that, yeah. a, such a ter- is that a, something that makes me foolish? Because in that scenario, Monica is not the fool. Paul the wine guy is the fool. That is a foolish, stupid, immature thing to do. If you want to have sex with a woman without any kind of commitment, just tell her that. Or just present it that way. Uh, just to trick her into getting into bed with you. It's just so egregious and terrible. Rachel now appears. Uh, she's carrying a box of boots. She says uh, she was laughed out of 12 interviews. And uh, But then she got cheered up when we found him 50% off. And then, and then I believe Monica was mm-hmm. like... Um, and, uh, how'd you buy those? Oh, a credit card. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, who's playing for that? And, uh, like, oh, my parents. And this is a big deal, because, you know. Mm-hmm. He, she was just like, I'm not taking your money anymore. It, ah. Yes, and, like, no, the credit cards is money. Yeah, what I love most about that is that she somehow, in one day, with no job experience, got 12 interviews that she got to go on. And I just wrote, hashtag 90s. Because 90s people just gave out jobs. Like, if you wanted a job, you could just go get one. Just walk in, be like, job uh, interview now. And yep. like, okay, come on in. Absolutely. It, the economy was insane. Uh, we're now in the next scene. We're back in the apartment, and we're trying to get Phoebe, uh, Phoebe. We're trying to get Rachel to cut up her credit cards. And this is where we get a big old helping of Phoebe's backstory. And I've just given put down bullet points here of everything we learn in rapid succession. And I'm just going to go through it, and then we can talk about it. I think this is when I wrote female Jared. Yes, female Jared. We've been watching a lot of Silicon Valley. This is basically she lives on Jared Island. Yeah. They're, they're, 
I I got this idea from you that they're all part of the same family. Yes, it's like miserable, like start like series of unfortunate family members. So her mother killed herself. Her stepfather was in prison. Clearly, her father is not in the picture. She arrived in the city alone at fourteen. Didn't know anybody, moved in with an albino who also committed suicide, and then she found aromatherapy. And what's interesting about her and... That fixed everything. Yeah, the Jerry characters, they don't seem aware that they have tragic backstories. These are just stories, and she's very... Yeah, like Jared. Yeah, she's very... To her, this is a normal thing that happened, and now Rachel's having a different normal thing that's happening. But man, that's bleak. They didn't even talk about it in the commentary. They're like, well, you know, of course, Monica had sex on the first date, but we could just throw Phoebe into, like, you know, basically the Hunger Games of New York City, and no one's going to bat... Like, of course, life is tough for 14-year-old girls, but they better not grow up and sleep with someone on the first date. Then I'd have to write a letter to the network. Like, ah, so weird. I like that they were edgy, and I think everyone talks about the show and, like, acts like it was all candy corns and powder puffs and no one had any problems and everyone was skinny and rich it was like nothing be further from the truth these were real characters with real problems and real growth and real depth and i will defend that to my last breath and this is um uh this is when uh she was like and i couldn't and i at least i made coffee and then and then joey like takes the plan and is like eh. yes yes like no you can't yeah, it says coffee comes comes in again. Okay, and then we are, uh, this is the first to last scene. We are at the end of this long day, and Ross and Rachel and uh, Monica are all watching TV together. Yeah. And it's, again, for our younger audiences, what they're seeing on the screen, it's a flag being raised, and da-da-da-da, uh, like all this like music, and that's what used to happen at the end of the broadcast day. There wasn't 24-7 television. Uh, different stations went off the air sometimes. So Some at 10. So, like, is night... It, 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 it was a punctuation. It's like, okay, we're going to salute you, we're going to have this moment, and then it's going to go into beep, which was the, the, the test pattern at the end, or it would go... So they, they know that's kind of to mark, to let the audience know this is the end of the day. Like this is probably 11 or 12 at night. Yeah. Uh, it's noticed that Paul's watch is on the floor, and Monica says you can leave it there, and yeah, she and stomps she, on it. Yeah, and breaks the watch. Yes. Um, then, here's where my biggest okay. problem with this Bring episode it. is. Oreo plate. There's a plate with an Oreo on it. Who keeps a plate with Oreos on it? Well, maybe there was a no. share plate for the table. No, just put a, the Oreos out. Don't put them on a table. See, I have a, a plate. I have a note about the cookies, but I think I have a different problem than you do. I just wrote cookie exclamation point because they're like, oh, we should split this. Instead of taking it and splitting it in half and both yeah, eating it like normal people, I... they, they twist it open so there's a different amount of cookie filling on each one. They they each hold them and then, like, play with it. Yeah, they don't eat it. Yeah, she, like, breaks hers in half again and starts scraping the frosting back and forth like she's about to do a line of Coke. <laughs> and he's, like, he's like looking at it and looking up at her and looking at it like it's a medallion that's going to give him. He's like, oh, you know, I think I might at some point, if you don't mind, ask you out. Like, will you guys just eat the cookie or put it down? It's all gross. It's got your fingers uh, all over uh, it now. I'm going to guess it was a fake cookie. No, because he eats it at the end after okay. after molesting it with his greasy hands for like 15 minutes. He's like, I just grabbed a spoon and he eats it. I'm like, ugh, I don't know. It just really, really bothered me. Um, this, by the way, I give Ross a 5 out of 10. For what? What are we judging? Just in general. Just as a person. I don't like him. <laughs> a 5 out of, well, I guess that is an F. But I'm like, that's 50-50. Like, you like something about him. 
He's he's the best one. He's just the be- he's the best one. Do you give him an F? Yes. Okay. I don't like friends. We'll see how this. I'll I'll rate Ross progressively every time. So let's just we're almost at the end of the episode. Then I have some fun facts. Then I have some questions, and I also want to talk about the casting. So uh, he pre asks Rachel out. And whether or not that happens and how it happens, I will let you discover on your own. But he's really proud of himself. He, On the way out the door, he says to Monica, who's come out, I guess, for a glass of water or something, and says, like, I just grabbed a spoon. And according to the show creators, they wanted to give everyone something to root for. Like, we don't want to just have a series of situations. We want to have an ongoing thing. Like Jim yeah. and Pam in the office. Yeah. yeah. So at the very closing, uh, Phoebe is singing conversations, which I know that I also do, and I can see how annoying it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, I don't get it. She's like, I don't get it. And they're like, stop doing that. She's like, oh, is that out loud? And it's revealed that Rachel has, in fact, gotten a job. And nice. what, what is she doing? Uh, I don't know. She's a waitress. Oh, She's yeah. the waitress at Central Perk. She's now going to be waiting on them while they hang out there. And it kind of gives her a way to be working and also hanging out there, which is something they didn't really seem to concern themselves <laughs> with the other characters who are constantly just at the coffee shop. Okay, so I'm just going to go through my notes because I watched this with the commentary. See if there's anything that I left out. I know this was based, uh, Marta Kaufman and David Crane wrote this, and they were friends in New York City in their 20s, and they had four other friends that they hung out with, and they were kind of each other's family. They were the friends. They were the friends, yeah. So this isn't based literally on their experience, but that, that kind of feeling. Like, okay, I'm not with my parents. I'm not getting married and having kids yet. I have gone to college. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I've got these people around who can make me laugh and tell me about their dreams and give me advice on dating. And so that was kind of the, the thesis of the show. Um, Marta Kaufman said she felt like the pilot wrote herself. She, but she also said she felt a little bit like an anthropologist. Like she had to go and find young people and ask them what it was like to be young people. Um, oh, and the apartment design. This is actually really interesting. They said that all other networks would always do like a very basic white or tan wall. Yeah. And they'd always have one base color. And they were like, they wanted this thing to be yeah. like all the rules. So it's got all these weird angles. Yeah. And all these different rooms yeah, that you can see. Yeah, I remember see. Emily commented on that. She yeah. was like, ooh, I like this apartment. Yeah, it's kind of the antithesis of what you'd normally yeah. see in a sitcom. There's no upstairs. There's no faux doors. It's no, all just it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was just a brief bit about the casting. They said they saw tons and tons and tons of people. Everybody that they cast was in one way or the other a working actor, but Courtney Cox, who plays Monica, was the only kind of quote-unquote name. She had been in a Bruce Springsteen video and uh-huh. had been kind of an iconic figure for that and was in a couple of movies probably at that point. Uh, you'll find this interesting. Matthew Perry was the only one who could make Chandler Bing funny. And they said they'd never seen anyone like him before. They wanted to cast him, but the way it worked in Hollywood, and I think it still does, is that he was cast on a show, and if that show wasn't going to get picked up, then he was free to do something else. So he could get cast in Friends, and he could even get on tape in Friends, but if they picked up his other show, he, they were going to have to ditch it, recast, and it was going to be this whole thing. So it was, yeah, so they kind of rolled the dice on that. They're like, oh, my God, I don't know if we're going to do this. But then they found out that the sitcom that he'd been cast on was about baggage handlers in the year 2026. What? So that's the, so they were like, I think we're going to go ahead and just roll the dice. I think that's probably going to get canceled. I would like to see that. I want to see baggage handlers in 2026. I wonder what the name of that was. <laughs> um, I, I think just Lost bag- in luggage. <laughs> 
That's... I, 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 I won't imagine it was just bag of Chandler's in the year 2026. I'm imagining him in, like, a white jumpsuit with, like, some nondescript futuristic weapons. And, like, a name tag. And he's like, I hope I don't find any more nuclear waste today. Rup, rup. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I wonder how bad it was. I would love to see. I, I don't know if there's any footage of this anywhere. Like ever go to like the NBC archives and ask I, them? I would love I want, to know. I want to see like a like, you know those hats like a lightning hat mm-hmm. like um got like some of those future shades from like Star Trek. Yeah, with those visors and like his hair all slicked back and like silver face paint. And I don't know mm-hmm. why it was taking place in an airport, but that that sounds really interesting. Uh, let's see. Oh, and Courtney Cox. They originally wanted her. Oh, she wanted to play Monica. They wanted her to play Rachel. And they actually had in mind for Monica a more like Janine Garofalo type. Just kind of like a, a sassy little dame. And they didn't like think of her that way. But she pushed for it and actually created a much better character. Uh, Lisa Kudrow, this is very interesting. She was on another sitcom at the time. Ooh. But it was the sitcom that led into Friends. Huh. So you'd watch Mad About You, which was about a married couple. And on that show, there was a waitress named Ursula, who was a terrible waitress. And she was really spacey. And she was also um, the villain from Evil Mermaid. That's canon. <laughs> yes. And so then she would also be on Friends as Phoebe. And they find a worker and like a way to explain this. But I will not spoil that for you. So that's going to be really interesting. Alrighty. Um, oh, David Schwimmer. They actually, uh, he went to network for another show that they had written that didn't get picked up. Uh, but wasn't cast. And they had him in mind as they were writing Ross. They always were thinking of him. Wanted him to play the part. He was doing Broadway. And didn't really want to come back. He was kind of into doing theater. They had to really, really go out like, please, please, please come be on the show. So I thought that was really interesting about the casting. Yeah. Okay. Now. Questions for Jacob. Ooh, question for me. Okay, so who so far is your favorite character? Frankly, I'm going to have to say Ross. Okay. And he's five out of ten. But frankly, I need I need some more. Uh, I need to see like the actual show because the pilot's always okay. like a here's what you're expecting, not here's what you get. I think that's fair enough. Okay, so right first impressions. Ross is your favorite, but you don't really like anybody. I'll, every episode, <laughs> I'll rate a different person. Okay, I like and I'll that. I'll give them on a zero to ten scale. Okay. Or how much I like them. Okay. Now, since we're not doing any spoilers, and you don't really know. The history or a yeah. plot of the show. What do you think is going to happen? Like, if you were going to make some predictions. My predictions is I'm going to guess that uh, that um, Ross and the other gal that at the end they were going to go on a date later. They okay. do that and it's good for a while, a few episodes. But then they end up breaking up and that's like a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. But eventually they, they uh, get together. Like, uh, for the rest of the show. Now I think Monica, I think Monica's character is like, she's looking for love, but she's also like a independent woman who can be on her own. Mm-hmm. So, um, and frankly, I think, uh, it's gonna be, um, the, the girl that was all rich and all that. Rachel? Yeah, trying to, like, 
Rich Rachel. Ooh, I should know that. <laughs> well, you've already said that she's going to date Ross, but they're going to break up with a lot of drama but end up together. Yeah, what what else agree. is going to happen with I her? I think she's going to adapt to like living in New York without like a bunch of money. Okay. Sure. We're doing a podcast. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so you think that... that uh, and Rachel's Frank, gonna stay in the city and just like get more and more independent. Joey's gonna become less of a jerk, which I find hard to believe, but still, I think it's gonna happen. Okay. And I think I. Oh yeah. Uh. uh what's that guy? I, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna remember his name. It starts with a ch. Chuds Chandler. Chandler. There you go. You got it. Chandler Ben. Okay. He's just gonna be a. Go lucky guy, like happy go lucky. Yeah, he's just gonna just kind of be there for like emotional support and sort of like a plot device. Like kind of a safe brother type. Yeah, just like hey, yo, I'm gonna be a shoulder to cry on. Okay, what about Phoebe Buffay? Oh yeah, her uh, Phoebe. Uh, I think she's gonna like. I think she's gonna slowly like. I I frankly I think. They're not really great friends right now. They're become closer together, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna. She's gonna be friends with Chandler and mm-hmm. Bing. I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to say his full name so I remember it. Okay. And yeah, so I think it's just gonna end out good. Okay, this is gonna end up good. In the end, but there we got a, a long way to go. We do. We have now, only just begun. Now I have a goal. Okay, what's your goal? In the entirety of Friends. There's 250 episodes. I'm going to try to laugh less than 150 times. Okay. Right now, the Jacob laugh counter is at one. Okay. Okay. So that's that's our challenge. If you if you laugh over 150 times, are you then a friend and not an enemy of friends? Yeah. That's, that's, that's our threshold. Okay. Last question. Do you think that you'll be like this when you're in your 20s? And what does grown-up life look like to you? Because right now, how old are you? I'm like 11, I think. 11 going on 50. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Those of you who don't know Jacob personally, he would very much like to be a senior citizen. I do. He's, yeah, basically just stocking up on Werther's Originals and and pocket watches and just waiting for the day. I do have a pocket watch. Yes, he can just be an adult person. We're we're getting there, kiddo. So is this, I have been in my 20s. I've kind of had a similar experience to this. I'm kind of wondering, what do you, do you think this is accurate? Is this what you think? I think is not okay accurate i think this is like kind of accurate but i don't i don't think like this crazy apartment no i'm gonna have a little tiny apartment mm-hmm. for a while till i can actually have a home haha <laughs> if that happens <laughs> you think you'll have like a tight group of friends um yeah unmarried childless is... friends that you hang out with and have thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner with yes. and okay Awesome. Okay. Well, so uh, this was Friends and, and Enemies of friends. friends, the very yeah. first episode. And so I hope, like, um, just like Friends, the show, uh, this will become incredibly popular and we'll start making a million dollars an episode. Yeah. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Keep listening. And uh, if we ever get a, a patron... Every week we'll a Patreon have a, account will let you know. Every week we'll have a new episode. Yes, we will do this once a week for sure. Bye.